Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Connie Kadansky is our guest today. Now, what's really, really cool about social media and, and really cool about our network here at Top Advisor Marketing is we get introduced to people that we probably wouldn't have ever gotten in front of, and Connie happens to be one of those people. She specializes uh, in coaching salespeople using the tools and techniques to help them immediately break through any barriers to performance especially when it comes to prospecting. So this is going to be a lot of fun uh, because we uh, on this podcast, as all of you know, have really focused very heavily on the marketing component of our profession, but haven't really focused as much on sales, which is something that I'm going to dive in with with Connie very, very deeply. Now, you have probably seen Connie speak places. She's spoken pretty much from every major main stage, uh, and I'm really looking forward to picking her brain. So Connie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I'm going to ask you the same question that I ask absolutely everybody uh, at the beginning and the outset of the podcast, which is, tell me your history. Why in God's name are you in financial services? And uh, how did you become uh, the person that you are today? Thank you. Well, I was in sales and I was experiencing sales call reluctance, which is the emotional hesitation to proactively prospect and self-promote. And I was taking a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon and I thought, what's going on here? Well, I got on the trusty internet and I Googled and I found that there is such a thing called sales call reluctance and I ordered the book, The Psychology of Sales Call Reluctance. And I was going to go in there and cure my own call reluctance. Long story short, I affiliated with the two behavioral scientists that own the trademark sales call reluctance and have identified 16 different ways that salespeople hesitate to prospect. And I've been a licensee of theirs for 21 years. And the reason that I'm in financial services is I know for people to succeed in financial services is that they need to be in front of new prospects on a consistent basis. So that here I am, I do work in other industries, financial services being one of them. Okay, wow. I didn't really expect for you to give me like 15 follow-up questions with what you just said there. That was awesome. Um, okay, so sales, getting yourself out there in front of prospects, is much like what marketing is supposed to do. So how do you separate that out, Connie? How do you take sales definition and, and marketing definition and advisors' resistance and reluctance to communicate How do you meld all of those together and and help us with some operational definitions here? Well, I leave the marketing to you because I believe that marketing is lead generation. And so everything that you're doing for your clientele, you are helping them to be visible in the marketplace so that people can call them, people can inbound leads can come to them. So lead generation is how I perceive as marketing and sales is converting the lead. 
converting that lead into a client. And then I also believe in heavily in marketing, but I also believe that financial advisors need to have a prospecting action plan that they are always looking to be proactive in some way, shape or form, not just depending on their marketing. So for example, with a financial advisor has so a particular business owner on their list and they see somebody they know golfing with that person, will they pick up that phone and call their friend and say, hey, I saw you golfing with Mr. So-and-so the other day. Are you open for an introduction? So that proactivity that also gets them visible to people who are not seeing their marketing. Okay, there are two two follow-up questions with that. I'm going to play devil's advocate for you here because I've heard this, Connie, so many times from the advisors that I've worked with over the years, which is if I call that business owner, don't I sound desperate? Oh, no, you sound savvy. So the definition for sales in my world is you're solving people's problems for a profit. Advisors have worked hard on education, certifications, licenses, and all these different things to develop your skills. And so you are a professional that is solving their problem for a prospect. You are solving their problem for a profit. And that is totally okay. And so, no, it's showing that you're savvy and that you know your value and that you want to be able to engage with that prospect and find out if they have a problem that you can help them solve. Is this so, a confidence issue, Connie? Because uh, that's where my brain immediately goes. Is is there is that uh, is that a, a I don't know my why. I don't know, you know, uh, it, it, am I really solving the problem? How much of that behavioral stuff do you have to handle uh, being the sales call reluctance coach? Well, I really look at a roadmap with my clients. So thinking about your ideal prospect they feel vulnerable. They don't have time to research and figure things out and read through the lines. So they feel vulnerable. And so they do have a problem. They have an external problem. They have an internal problem, which is what causes them to buy. They're frustrated. They're worried. They're looking to retire at some time. And they also have a philosophical problem. And so an advisor that can come in and position themselves as a guide that has the authority, and they also have the empathy for that prospect, and they have a plan so you find out, you discover what is this individual's problem that they need help solving. I'm going to come in. I'm going to position myself as a credible guide that has authority. I understand them. I have a plan. I have a plan. And I'm going to sit down, talk to them. I'm going to develop a plan for them. 
But then here's where the sales comes in, where you must call that prospect into action in some way, shape, or form. So in your marketing, you're always calling people into action in many, many different ways. But when you're in the sales world and you're in front of somebody, you also have to be savvy and sincere about calling them into action because you're going to help them avoid a lot of failure year and end up being more successful. So it's a mindset of knowing your value that you just know that you know that you know your value. And that's what you put yourself out there so that you can add value to that particular prospect. Now, one of one of the questions that I've heard you answer before, which just brings a huge smile to my face, because how many uh, financial services professionals that I've worked with that have major sales call reluctance, uh, is how does a financial advisor know? So are there physical uh, things that they experience? Are they psychological? How, how does somebody know that they truly have call reluctance? They look into their bank account and they look at their own portfolio because it shows up there. And it also, because it costs them money, car reluctance is incredibly costly. And then also they look at their appointment calendar because a good advisor has 10 to 12 appointments a week. The average advisor, I'm thinking it's about three or four. And so if you look on your calendar and there are and, and the, you're not too excited about how many appointments you have, that could be a clear indication that you have sales call reluctance. Now, let's break down. You have these 16 types of call reluctance. Um, would you highlight a few of those that since you do work out, uh, outside of financial services, but but have focused a lot on financial services, what are the, what are the ones uh, that you see come out most often? Well, believe it or not, telephobia is just one of the 16. Telephobia is using the telephone as a prospecting tool. And I believe that your telephone is your ATM machine. It is the easiest type to overcome. I overcame it in one morning in my office. The real type of call reluctance that is the biggest bugaboo for advisors is role rejection call reluctance, where they're not comfortable in the role of selling. And where this comes from many, many home office training programs. And I know that there are companies today that they have new advisors out there and they're saying, you just pick up that phone and you tell them, we're not trying to sell you anything. I just want to sit down and talk to you. I'm not trying to sell you anything. That is so detrimental because it blows their credibility because it's not true. You're trying to sell yourself on engaging somebody to be open to you to have a conversation. So you are selling something and you know what? It's okay. And so that role rejection call reluctance is the biggest one and where sales trainers, sales managers keep, you know, making it worse and worse and worse and telling that, you know, we're not salespeople. And that is so not true. 
And so that is one of the, the biggest biggest challenges okay. for people in financial services. You know, I don't understand why why do financial advisors uh, or people in financial services industry feel so differently than physicians or accountants or uh, you know uh, other other people like uh, let's just take physicians. I was just at the doctor yesterday. Um, they sold me a bunch of stuff. I didn't. I mean, it didn't seem like selling, right? Because well. They were just providing me, just like you said, Connie, solutions to the problem that I went in there for. What is the difference? Why do advisors look at themselves so differently and don't have that that passion that I hear in your voice for sales? Well, because I believe they've been contaminated by their training programs and their managers and their VPs where they actually are have they're ashamed of what they do and i just plead with advisors and just say listen when you look at a a family there are centers of influence around that family they all have a doctor a dentist they have an accountant they have a banker they have an insurance person they have an advisor i mean you are critical to the success of that family. And I have tested, we have a test that measures for call reluctance. And I have assessed VPs and people at high levels and where they actually, and they're flabbergasted once they discover it, that they're actually contaminating the very people they are hired to inspire by saying, don't call anybody anymore. People don't like to be called on the phone. So just don't call them or whatever you do. Don't go out there and do this and, and tell, you know, all this. And so we really need a mindset shift and a consciousness where people become conscious at those high levels. This is a career to be proud of. I mean, the, the public society is depending on you for your ethics and for you to help them because they don't know what to do. They don't have time. They, <laughs> they have just, and, and so you've studied for it. So, I mean, if I could be a fairy godmother and just had my magic wand is to just help advisors believe in their value, to just brainwash them about how incredibly valuable they are and how incredibly valuable your services are. Hmm. And so the hardest person to sell is you, right? So yeah. what's it going to take to convince you? Because, it, yeah, yeah. And, you know, here's what I do, Matt, to really help advisors is when they're thinking about prospecting, right, is their posture, the body posture, the emotion and the language must integrate. And the what I teach my clients is determination and focused. So be determined and be focused. And also, when you're ready to pick up that phone, the language to yourself is this is not about me. It is not about me because what causes the call reluctance <laughs> is that the advisor and salespeople, they're all anxiety ridden 
But if they can project it out, this is not about me. I mean, this is, I, I am here. This is what I do. I'm the, I'm the 911 call. I am going to save. I am a, on a rescue mission to save this professional, to save this business over, to save this physician in, uh, so that they can avoid some of the traps. And so that is a major tip that I just gave you and your listeners mm-hmm. is it's not about me. I love that saying. I, I think more people in life need to implement that. But how powerful is that to, to truly implement that from a sales perspective? Now, part of the issue um, could also be right from a historical perspective. And I was just talking to a, uh, somebody today that uh, that uh, they said when I first started in, in business, uh, they said that they have the one book that's going to that's gonna make you a million-dollar producer, and it was the old phone book. And so, so many financial services professionals started off with that 300 dials will get you to a point or two clients, that sort of stuff. When you talk about consistently prospecting, now you talked about appointments, what does consistently prospecting mean in your system? Well, consistently getting in front of potential buyers. And so I know because I was reading from a top advisor website and I was reading something that you were sharing, it's really for advisors is to create those kind of relationships. I call them strategic partnerships. And it really does take strategy. So for example, I mean, an advisor that really is feels confident. Um, I mean, years and years ago was somebody who just first started out. He goes, Connie, I want to do 401k plans. I want to do 401k plans, right? And so he got strategic. And you think about an advisor is not going to be able to call an HR director of some major corporation and have that HR director say, come on in. But what he started doing is he started serving at an association that human resources people go to. And he started getting on the board there. He started being on committees. He started giving his time. And now, I mean, he is like the head of this HR association. And there is nobody that doesn't say, Matt, his name is Matt too. Come on in and let's talk. And so is really getting strategic about where you can be visible where your ideal prospect is. So that's what I'm calling about nitty gritty strategy and developing relationships with people. And you know this too, people who are writing different kinds of insurance or property and casualty. I mean, builders, all, you know, start thinking, what does it feel best for you where you can show up and serve as authentically as you can position yourself as an authority. And then when you go to pick up that phone or set that appointment or invite somebody to lunch, there you are. So you're positioning yourself. So that's what I'm talking about being strategic. And for advisors, I always tell them, get into Toastmasters. Toastmasters is a 
professional club. And I have just, I've just seen advisors do incredibly well. They just start showing up there and talking about what they do. And it, leaders go to Toastmasters. Next thing you know, you're into a company. And the next thing you know, they're letting you do lunch and learns. And so it's just more of a complex strategy along with your marketing, but have a prospecting strategy too. You've already given us a bunch of tips. What what, what other tips would you like our listeners to have uh, just to kind of give them a little bit more of an insight on, on what you can help them with? Well, going back to body posture, body posture and the language that goes with it and also the emotions. And I mean, it's okay. You know, when you look at prospecting, uncertainty is there. You don't know when we're going to pick up that phone and call somebody, you don't know if they're going to say, come on in or go jump in a lake, right? So there's uncertainty and curiosity is the antidote to uncertainty. So the more curious you can get and the more curious and using that word, you know, I'm curious where you're at on. And then also just have good scripting. I mean, you know, a lot of people are using scripting from 19th century scripting, having a good value proposition, good scripting is something to be very, very aware of it. And then also just when you're feeling the emotion, you know, because nobody can reject you. I have advisors go, I just don't feel good when they tell me no. And my question back to them is, what are you making the no mean? If you called somebody up and they said, no, I already have an advisor. You need to learn pattern interrupts for certain things like that. <laughs> you know, like, you know, because th- that's another, that's another podcast about pattern interrupts, but to be able to, to really pull it together. So Matt, I was, I lost my train of thought there a little bit. I kind of diverted oh, into well, surprisingly <laughs> enough, I kind of, that's all right. But, but that was, that was where I was hoping you would go. I mean, you were giving us a couple of tips uh, on top of the tips that you've already given us uh, to help financial advisors really kind of overcome this. And pattern interruption is really important. You know, I, I, the body posture thing was the other thing that you had talked about, but I want to throw one in there and I, w- I want to see what you think about this because I'm not a sales coach. I never have been. Uh, but, but as a, as a life coach, uh, what that, that was kind of what made me different as a coach within our industry. I used to talk about um, ritual, right? So if if today was the day that you were going to make your calls, that we would build a ritual around it to increase your confidence, put you in the right state of mind, and make it so that you're going to have less call reluctance. Was I way off on that, or how do you feel about that? I like it. I like it. So you know, you have to get yourself into a particular place. And uh, what I actually teach is flexibility, right? And really have people stand up and get flexible with their body. What does, you know, look into the mirror. What does flexibility look like? Because we need to be flexible in our mind when we're prospecting. We need to be spontaneous. And so it sounds kind of crazy, but it absolutely works. It's just to stand up, go in the mirror. You're Nobody's seeing you and just really, be as flexible in your body as you can be, widening your arms, and then the language is, let's try it. 
let's try it. And so that you become flexible in your body, in your emotion. And I have never seen anybody that has allowed their body to get really, really flexible that doesn't have a smile on their face. So yes, having a way, and I've, I used to say about how to psych yourself up for your prospecting calls, but yeah, I'd be interested in what were some of those rituals that you talked about or you could even think about. One of them is I have them put a picture of their family, their favorite fun picture right by the phone. So when they're ready to pick up that phone, they look over and they go, oh, I just love my family so much. So their emotion, a positive emotion is coming. The idea of right mindset, right, is is absolutely fantastic, and and um, that was something very very similar to to what I had uh, talked about. One of my um, my old business partners, who ended up just being somebody who I looked up to a lot, uh, had a had a quote that said, uh, "Great salespeople prospect two hours every single solitary day." Um, and he used to have call reluctance, and we, we had talked about how he had overcome that. And the ritual idea was one of them. It was the idea that, that you know, whether it was a picture, uh, you know, some of them are aspirational. Uh, they'll have a, a, a goal that they have, whether it's, um, you know, and usually it would be tangible because that's something that once they achieve that goal, then they have it like a watch or a picture or a cruise or a boat or a pen or, you know, things like that that you can um, – uh, that you can look at and say, look, I, I've already been successful in sales because look, I got myself blankety blank, um, which uh, again can keep you going. Um, so those were just a couple of things that I did. Now, talk to us about your coaching program as we wrap up today's podcast and what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Thank you. Thank you. You know what I have done with advisors is I do 12-week mastermind groups. So not one client of mine has yearly goals. They have 12-week goals. And every 12 weeks is a brand new set of goals. But it's once a week on camera, and it's the roadmap to revenue. And I only take six people at a time and we have a structured program that it is accountability and we really do some nitty gritty work on the call reluctance and different things and, and share with people on what's working and help them work through some of their mindset issues. So that's one. And then I do individual coaching. So we have an assessment. So I always say, if you don't define your call reluctance, it will define you. So we have an assessment that will measure these 16 types of call reluctance. It's kind of like going to the doctor and getting your cholesterol checked, and it might be a little high. You, once people see that, they get a grasp for it. So that is one thing that I would recommend is take that assessment, let's review it and go from there. So you can reach me at Connie at exceptionalsales.com or guess what? I even give you my cell phone 602-380-5431. I never take a client that I do not feel that I can genuinely serve and help. And because I, the world needs financial advisors that are ethical and that are just good down-to-earth people. And I believe in it. 
I mean, I believe in what you do. And I want more advisors out there being visible and serving people in the communities. Well, Connie, we'll make sure that we have uh, your email and your cell phone number in our show notes. Uh, hey, thank you very much. This is the first time we've really uh, uh, talked about this as a topic on our podcast, and it was super fun having you on. Well, thanks, Matt. You know, everybody, you can have the greatest marketing in the world, but if you can't ask for the business, if you can't follow up, and if you can't sell all of that marketing goes to waste, right? We talk a lot about, you know, your clients coming in pre-sold, which is great, but you still have to ask for the business. And working with somebody like Connie can really, truly help you overcome the biggest issues that are stopping you from being very, very successful. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out the new podcast, we'll show up directly on your listening device. And if you wouldn't mind, give us a quick rating on iTunes. And even better, if you have a topic idea or a guest idea, all you have to do is email me at matt at topadvisorm, and that M is for marketing.com. So for Connie Kandinsky and all of us here at Top Advisor Marketing, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information.